Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hour number two of the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. My name is Alec Medford. His name is Blake Elliott. Yes, sir, ski. We call ourselves the Young Guns, taking over the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. Ross Lebinski is holding things down for you. The turn it on, leave it on listener, and we can't thank you enough for doing just that. You guys lit up the phone lines, incredible conversation with you guys the past two segments, but we got some more conversation. Trust me, a lot more to get to in the next three hours about these Cowboys. 877-881-1053 is the truckwreck.com text line. You can text in there and get involved in any and all of our conversations, and we encourage you to do so as well as live on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. We're going to keep you up to date on Monday Night Football here on Super Wild Card Weekend as the Philadelphia Eagles are now down 13 to nothing. They look pathetic. To the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nothing is working. Absolutely nothing is working on either end for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I can't lie, I, I, I told Dawson during crosstalk, I don't get overly emotional anymore about the Cowboys, and I don't. I still woke up in a eh mood because I was like, really? I really have to come talk about this embarrassing-ass loss to a team that you really should have beat in the Green Bay Packers? But then I remembered, hey, I get to watch the Eagles stink it up on primetime television, and they're doing just that. Hey, you I'm talk so about, happy. You talk about body language. Their body language has been bad the last two months and in this game. So ours looked bad last night, but they at least they're not Eagles fans. I mean, I don't, I don't know which is worse right now. Devontae Smith looks like the only player on that team that's mm-hmm. invested yep. right now as he just broke off a big catch and run uh, past midfield. But, yeah, that, that's going to make me really happy if this deficit can hold. Make me feel a lot better. But we're going to pose the question in this segment that all the excuses for Mike McCarthy have run out, right? 877-881-1053. Let us know on the truckwreck.com text line if – you think there are any more reasons why Mike Mc, uh, Mike McCarthy should retain his job here with the Dallas Cowboys? And I think there's a pretty decent argument for either side. Obviously, the emotional side is get rid of him, clean house. That's the only option, right? But, you know, after sleeping on it for a night and talking to, you know, colleagues that are a lot more level-headed in these situations, I think there is cause for both sides of the coin. And... When I think of making a coaching change, especially for a team that you would consider this team a win-now team, that's very comfortable to say, uh, you got to weigh the availability of who else is out there. Is there a quality substantial upgrade? And I think, for my money, there 
is a lot more quality head coaches and head coaches to be available this year than you usually see. Correct. I think there's a lot of really good coordinators out there that are going to be really good head coaches in the future. I think there are good some some really good head coaches that are jobless right now. I think there is one specific perfect fit, and no, it is not Bill Belichick. I'll get to that in a minute. But I think the first thing you have to do is weigh the options that are available right now. And do you think that's a good starting point, Blake? Because I think the easy thing is to say, you know, get trigger happy, get rid of them now, and then you're like, okay, crap, where do we go now? I think this might actually be the best year to kind of make that mistake. Yeah, um, call it easy, call it trigger happy. I said it on Crosstalk. It really doesn't matter. I, and when I'm talking, I am talking from a mental space, not an X's and O's, because like Alec mentioned earlier, it's not like this team hasn't, wasn't one of the better offenses the last couple years. It's not like they don't know how to produce on offense and score points and be in the playoff race and win the division and get 12 wins. I'm not talking about that. From a mental aspect, there is no way in my own mind, this is my opinion, how you can get those guys on that football team to buy in to this season will be different than it has the past three seasons. I just don't see it. And and I would love for them to prove me wrong. Please make this a freezing cold take. Please go win the Super Bowl next year with Mike McCarthy. I'd feel great about that. But I do not see it where Mike McCarthy rolls back and has the same coaching staff, maybe minus Dan, keep Dan, whatever. For the most part, the same coaching staff and goes, this time it's going to be different, guys. I'm going to lead you as men into the playoffs, into the promised land. We're going to win this first-round game because you could hang your hat on, well, it was the Niners, guys, and they're the best team, and once we get there, we'll be fired up. And that's what I was saying all season. It's going to be a different team. You play in the NFC Championship, and you have a chance. Because I think it's safe to say, Alec, this was the cleanest way they could get to the NFC Championship in recent memory. You would have had to beat the Packers and the winner of the Lions-Rams, correct? Or it could, yes. That, that was – and it, we, we, I was supposing the Rams would win and you would play the Lions. If the like the Lions did win, then you would have played the winner of the Tampa Eagles game. So either way, it would have been an easy path, in my opinion, to the NFC Championship where it has been not so easy the last couple of years. And you still didn't get there. You didn't even get past the first round. You didn't even get past the first quarter. So I don't understand how Mike can go out there and inspire that locker room because it looked like to me, speculation and all, it looked like that team quit. Especially when that pick six happened, that was a dagger. No one That third quarter when they scored, it was like 41-something when Luke Musgrave had that booty naked open touchdown. It looked like nobody on that team wanted to play anymore, and they didn't believe in their quarterback. They didn't believe in their head coach, and I don't know how you roll it back out there with Mike. We'll get to the other options, but I'm I'm just saying that it's a blanket statement. I don't know how Mike McCarthy inspires his team moving forward. And obviously, we haven't heard too much buzz in terms of, you know, is it going to happen? Is it not? Are we getting inklings from certain people? We haven't really gotten anything from Jerry Jones. We haven't gotten anything from anyone out of that building, but... Um, what we can do is we can hear from the quarterback, at least, cut number 11, Ross, uh, Dak Prescott, on his thoughts about Mike McCarthy and his future with the Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't know how there can be, but I understand the business. Uh, in, in that case, it should be about me as well, honestly. I mean, that, that guy, I've had the season that I've had because of him. Um, we, this team has had the success that they've had because of him. And uh, I understand it's about winning the Super Bowl and and 
that, that's the standard of the league and damn sure the standard of this place. So um, I get it, but add me to the list in that case. It is the standard, and owner and GM Jerry Jones popped in to meet with the team today, according to Nick Harris of DallasCowboys.com. And the quotes are from Jordan Lewis. That's who Harris spoke to afterwards. And basically, the sentiment was, quote, his message was, we got to win. It's the Dallas Cowboys. We We had everything to win. We can't let this feeling keep going on so it makes sense. I just feel like he wants to win right now. The urgency is now. It was always that it was always that on our shoulders. He made it clear that that was the point. End quote. And I think Jerry Jones, the way he's going about this, the way he's telling the team, like, hey, I feel for y'all. We got to win right now. He's not calling out players by name. He's not calling out Mike McCarthy. But the fact that he's saying there's a sense of urgency to the team, like, hey, there, there's a ticking clock here. We got to move quicker. That makes me feel like he's going to inch closer towards the idea of change. Yep. And whether that's just straight up letting Dan Quinn walk and then keeping Mike McCarthy for his final year and saying, this is your last hoorah, that could totally be in play. It could be letting Dan Quinn walk and then saying, Mike, love you, you're gone. And then saying, Bones Fossil, you're gone. Doing a complete overhaul. I know the morning show talked about that. I think Bobby was saying that's a possibility. Complete overhaul of the coaching staff. You know, I could see either way, but it feels like knowing Jerry and the way that he's talking to the team right now, change is on the horizon. And I think the first person you point at is the head coach. How do you not point at the head coach? Like it's just gotten to this point where what, what do you do, Allie? Cause we can point at the owner. We can point at the quarterback. And I see people on the text line. It's Dak. It's this, it's the defense. They didn't look prepared. Every single home team that played a playoff game so far won. One did not, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. And it's not like it was a last-second loss. It's not like it was some fluke. And, you know, we didn't, even, we didn't even say this. The refs helped the Cowboys out this game. Two holding calls on Micah, some phantom um, horse collar calls, yeah. a face mask, some false starts not called on us. Like, the refs were on our side in this game. You can't even blame the refs. Not that it would have mattered. They felt bad for us getting booty smacked. So, <laughs> I, I don't want to put the blame just on Mike. I don't want to put it just on Dan. I don't want to put it just on Jerry. or Dad. It literally was a full team collapse. But at the end of the day, you have to look at who is, who is creating this. Who is the one at the helm? Because did it feel like, oh, we got out-talented or, we, or one play fell apart? That's when you can start looking at – like, you know how in, in previous weeks, Alec, we were saying Marquise Bell and and um, CeeDee Lamb and Dak, and maybe they just made this play, and then it's the run defense. Like, the run defense was bad. The outside run defense was bad. The inside run defense was bad. The reads were bad. The pass defense, the backside coverage, everything on offense, special teams. Like, that feels like the coach did not have them prepared to play this big home playoff game. Like you said, they thought they could roll their helmets out and say, it's the young Green Bay Packers. We're going to win just because we're Dallas. And they were the team that were pressing, and Green Bay was a team that was front running on them, and that was embarrassing. I don't, you cannot bring MM back, and I and I get it. It might be a knee jerk reaction, but do you think bringing him back there's going to be any inspiration within that locker room? I'm sure they're going to save face and say great things about Mike, and no one's going to bash him publicly to the media. But if I'm reading minds, I don't I, I don't see how they're too inspired going forward. And I think I saw a piece from Blogging the Boys earlier, and I think they put it perfectly that nobody really said it 
out loud at the time, but it felt like Mike McCarthy's hiring was a if he can't do it, nobody can kind of situation. You get the Super Bowl winning head coach. He worked with a Hall of Fame quarterback and helped raise him and develop him. He's seen good football. He's seen bad football. He's taken teams to the promised land. He's overcome adversity with injuries, this, that, and the other. He told everyone the big lie that he sat there and watched tape all day for the whole year that he was out of football, the biggest fiasco and scam in pro sports in recent memory. But nonetheless, everything pointed to that being a good hire in my mind. And it felt like no, if he couldn't do it, nobody could. Um, now, I start to look at where do you go from here and – you think about three straight 12-win seasons. I mean, I don't think a head coach, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think a head coach has been fired after three straight 12-win seasons since John Fox. Like, it, it's been a while. And and, and I, that's what I was trying to wrap my head around, Alec, is like I said earlier, the standards are different. 12-win 12 12 seasons. If we're the Green, not Green Bay, if we're the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions or some of these poverty franchises that haven't got wins in thousands of years. Like, Detroit hadn't got a win since the iPhone came out. And they obviously got one of the night, happy for them, whatever. But if you're one of those franchises, then yes, oh my God, we found our coach. 12 wins, we're going to the playoffs. Who cares if we lost in the first round? Because we've never been here. Jerry Jones, with his own eyes, has seen Super Bowls back-to-back be won. He's not getting any younger. He wants to see another Super Bowl. He does not want to watch another team get failed in front of him. He understands what the talent is in front of him. He wants to win. And like you said, we are in win-now mode. There is an urgency. So I do believe that they'll move on. I don't understand why they would stay and run it back and inspire something within that team, that locker room, the fans, and Jerry himself. And I was correct there. It has not happened where 12-plus wins three seasons in a row for a head coach and they get fired that following offseason it hasn't happened since john fox i will say though the year after went to the super bowl so uh, maybe there's something there but um for me i i think i erred towards the side of change but where do you go from here because for me you can't go hire one of these hot shot coordinators they don't have experience leading men that's what's that's kind the biggest of failing thing. here. That's the biggest thing. I don't care about X's and O's. I don't care about passing yards, EPA. I do not care. You have to be a leader. And that's what I think is kind of faltering here is something is leading to these guys not being ready to play in marquee matchups, in must-win games, against good teams, against bad teams. They just look so lost, unprepared, and unwilling in these embarrassing games. So I don't, as much as I love a Bobby Slowick, and I think he needs to be a head coach in the NFL. He's not ready for this. He's not ready for the Dallas Cowboys. That's big reins. That's big reins, buddy. That's a lot. Yeah, that's really big shoes to fill. For me, if you're going to do this, everyone's pointing to Bill Belichick. The Las Vegas, all the sports books are pointing to Bill Belichick. Look what happened there. As soon as Tom Brady leaves, he goes to the playoff once with Mac Jones. That's it. And, and I'm going to let you know right now, Alec, we ain't got Tom Brady on the sideline. Yeah, we don't. As much, as great as Bill Belichick was and is, and I know six Super Bowls is a lot. Look what happened as soon as Tom Brady stepped away from the team. It has been nothing but disappointment out there in Foxborough. 
It's not going to happen with him. And then for my money, I want it to be Mike Vrabel. If it's not Mike McCarthy, if it's not anybody else, I think Mike Vrabel is going to be the best leader of men out there on the market. But look, four straight winning seasons when he first joined the Tennessee Titans as their head coach. After that, completely fell off the map once again. Look, I know he had a GM change and everything. They traded away the best player on the team, not named Derrick Henry, in A.J. Brown, and he didn't like that move. He didn't approve of that move. But still, he wasn't able to keep it together there. It's really hard to find a leader of men. It's such a shot in the dark. The Houston Texans got lucky with D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. Um, I did not think he was going to sign there when he interviewed. I I, I didn't think either, but I, I've had my doubts. And this clip has been circulating. Ross, if you could pull up that clip that I had. I, I, I saw this clip earlier today, and maybe this was the beginning of the end that we didn't see coming when Mike McCarthy was already being, you know, a little wishy-washy, a little tongue-in-cheek, and we thought it was all funny at the time. And now it's coming to fruition that maybe he just doesn't have his team prepared. Ross, roll the clip. I need to confess. I mean, I told Jerry I watched every play of the 2019 season, but I wanted the job. Uh. So uh, uh, I, 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 have, I, I haven't watched every play of the season, but it, it was just, uh, I mean, you do what you got to do, right? You I do mean, what you got to do, Alec, right? I think we've all lied on the resume a little bit. And it's certainly showing for Mike McCarthy. <laughs> oh, boy. he Prime time. Yeah, he should never have made that joke, and he just got a couple of awkward laughs from the, from very the media. Yeah, very weird. But this is a weird situation. We should not be here talking about a loss. We should not be questioning Mike McCarthy's job status right now, but we have to. That's so crazy. We were talking about before the game, and I was even talking about in the in the booth with – with Brad and Babe and all the and Brian and all those guys, the only way that this is even speculated is if he just completely falls apart. He literally could lose this game, and I don't think many people would speculate. If it was a one, two, three point loss, the only way we would have these big conversations is if the team just falls apart, gets blown out, and looks discombobulated. But like that'll never happen. Well, here we are, um, Monday morning, eight seventeen, January fifteenth, two thousand twenty-four. Still here, and it happened. Yeah. It, it happened, and he is still the head coach, so this is all speculation for now, but I just feel like the excuses have run out. Three straight 12-win seasons, cool. Where's the playoff success? I mean, KNC had Stephen Jones on a couple weeks ago heading into the playoffs, and you know they asked him, like, what does any of that mean if he's not going to take you anywhere further than a divisional round? And Stephen said, trust me, we're aware that none of this means anything, so we're expecting a lot here. I think the front office knows that a tough, a series of tough decisions are going to have to be made with this coaching staff. And trust me, I see you guys, 877-881-1053. That is the truckwreck.com text on lots of people talking about the quarterback. We're not running away from that. You got to turn it on and leave it on because at 9 o'clock, we're going to talk about the DAC disconnect because there certainly is one with him and that offense right now. We're open to any conversation about the quarterback that is at the top of the hour coming up next here on the get right for the Cowboys. It isn't just a personnel issue. It's a culture issue. We'll talk about it next on the fan back here on the get right on one Oh five, three, the fan. We'll talk about what's really going on with this team. It's not a personnel issue. It's a culture issue. Eight, seven, seven, eight, eight, one, one Oh five, three. That is the truckwreck.com text line where you can get involved in the conversation it's 16 to 3 in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football over the Philadelphia Eagles but 
I said Devontae Smith is is the only guy locked in earlier, right, Blake? Yep. Well, him and Jalen Hurts just hooked up for a massive connection, putting them right outside of the goal line. Uh, This was a 50 or so yarder here. Incredible play. Jalen Hurts gave it everything he had as Devontae Smith slipped past the defense. They are now set up at the five-yard line. Uh, Incredible as on three catches, Devontae Smith has 98 yards. So uh, the Eagles are going to score here. And we have ourselves a ball game. We'll keep you up to date on this one as it goes on. Three minutes left in the second quarter. But I want to talk about perhaps a culture issue that is building with the Dallas Cowboys. We alluded to it in the 7 o'clock segment at the Open. We talked about it a little bit in the previous segment, talking about coaching and possible coaching changes. Well, I want to go to... Uh, a human highlight, if we will. Yep. His name is Michael Irvin. He had some thoughts on Twitter after yesterday's loss. When I got here, I understood the men before me. They built the Dallas Cowboys. They made this America's team. They put a championship on the table before I got here. My job while I was here is to match what they have done because they built it. They handed it to me. Put my damn championship on the table. That's all we ask. Put your damn championship on the table and you couldn't do it. All the ass has got to go. Pretty strong there from a man who has done it before. He has won a Super Bowl. He has won a lot of games and that's a man that would know a thing or two about a thing or two. Michael Irvin on Twitter afterwards after yesterday's loss saying You know, I understood what the men before me had done. I saw the championships on the table. I know that this team has had sustained success before me, and they could probably do it without me. So I need to come out here guns a-blazing. I need to live up to the expectation of being a Dallas Cowboy. And this goes back to the coaching conversation. Mm -hmm. I... I think that Mike McCarthy, as a technical X's and O's football coach, is a fine football coach. He is an okay football coach. He's a pretty good football coach. I'll say his play calling this year was actually really, really good for the most part. But it feels like there is a gap, a mental lapse from the team and the task at hand. And somewhere in the middle, it comes down to the front office and the coaching. And I just don't think Mike McCarthy is good enough to supersede the expectations that follow this team and supersede this weird dark cloud that hangs above the star in Frisco each and every day because it feels like these players a lot of the time are in business for themselves. Yeah, I got a couple things to say. First of all, the Eagles just tried to do a tush push on a two-point conversion, and they were stopped. So that was amazing. Let's go! That, that never happens. Thank you, Todd Bowles. Secondly, um, yeah, Mike McCarthy, it seems like when he is pressing and he gets in these high-pressure situations, we've seen it time and time throughout his career, at least in Dallas, he goes to what he knows. And we know that he, he was trying to be a run-first team. He said that in the offseason. We saw it the first four weeks. It didn't work. It was terrible. Then we started being this high-flying passing offense that we kind of all know and love. Dak and CD, Ferguson, Cooks, yada, 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 cooking. We get down early in the game. What does he start doing? 
running the ball. Shotgun, one read, slant routes, short. Like, I, you would have thought that we were, like, 28th in the league in passing the way that the route concepts were happening. I mean, I saw it was, like, third and eight, and we have three different guys running four-yard routes. Give C.D. Lamb a dig. Give him a seven route. Give him a post. Like, we are running, like, curls and crossers, and that is absolutely it. And all you got to do is watch film twice. Hey, I'm going to pass Cooks off. Oh, this oh this makes me mad. Let me let me go ahead and let me get this one off. On that interception that was the pick six, I could have picked that off, Alec. I'm not saying it because <laughs> I'm some amazing DB. It's because if you've watched any Cowboys film, they run that play all the time, the double slants. Brandon Cooks, clear out route from the slot. C.D. Lamb right behind him, wide open. Oh, my gosh, we're doing a playoff game. We're going to watch intense film on you. Alec, does anyone think that 5'7", 170-pound Brandon Cooks is going to get that ball? No. He's not getting that football on a three-step drop from Dak Prescott as he's two seconds out and he's already in front of him. He's throwing the ball to CeeDee Lamb and everybody knows it, and that's why the safety drove on the ball the moment it was snapped, read Dak's eyes the whole way, tunnel vision, took it to the house. And is that a little bit Dak's fault? Yes. But it also goes on the play caller for not understanding how your quarterback's playing, how the defense is playing, and not being able to adapt. Too many times we get down in games and Mike McCarthy is just, I'm just, I'm just going to go with what I know. I'm trying to run the ball. How many times are they running on second down? I mean, I think I saw a stat put out. They ran it like eight times on second down. It might have just even been plays in general on second down. And they had like eight or 12 yards in the first half on second down. It was 38, 39, 38, 39. Now, uh, Contrary to argument, they actually were pretty nice on third down. They were somewhere above 50%. They did pretty well. But I just don't, and tell me if I'm wrong, Alec. I don't think you will. It does not feel like Mike McCarthy can motivate this team. It has nothing to do with X's and O's. Nothing to do with it. It is all about being a leader, getting your team ready to play in the biggest moments. Mike McCarthy, for once, you know, um, he coached for Green Bay last night. So, shout-outs to him. Oh, he got his uh, got his Olgos mixed up there. And I, no, you're not wrong. And it's hard to pinpoint where that comes from and where it can be improved, so on and so forth. But just to back you up a little bit, Blake, going back to Jordan Lewis's post game comments last night, I told you this one in pre show, and this is a pretty telling line from Jordan Lewis talking to Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com after the game. He asked him. What happened? And he said, quote, I don't know. I'm kind of distraught. You don't know what to feel. That Not is, what you want to hear. That is sickening. When a player says they're distraught with how bad that they played and digging into some of more of the quotes and whatnot from the players, they talk about execution. And then Jordan Lewis also mentioned one thing that they continue to to screw up is that guys are trying to make plays where it's not their play to make. He said, understanding your assignment and not trying to steal someone else's play. What did I just say a few minutes ago? It feels like a lot of guys are in business for themselves. It really does. And Jordan Lewis just painted the picture for you. He said that guys are out here trying to make other guys' plays. And what happens whenever you blow an assignment to try to get that stat, That means there is a wide open space somewhere behind you, somewhere to the right of you, the left of you, in front of you, because you are out of place trying to play Superman. 
And there's a few different guys that are guilty of this. And look, guys like Marquise Bell and whatnot that have had to rotate in and out in linebacker, bless their hearts. They're having to learn on the job because guys in front of them got hurt. That is not their fault. I know they haven't played well. That's not covering up for them. It's just saying that they should have never been there. You're converting safeties to linebacker at 210 pounds. That shouldn't be happening, but that's what happens. It's the war of attrition. Every team has to deal with it. But you have plenty of guys that if you go and watch some of these games, you have guys shooting gaps that they're not supposed to be. You have guys diving for tackles and diving for picks that they're not supposed to be. And you see other coaches and other teams call this out. You saw it on Hard Knocks this year with Mike McDaniel. After an embarrassing loss that they took to a losing team, he came out and said, look, and he and he pulled up the film and he said, why are you hanging this low trying to make a pick yep. when all you have to do is follow your guy in stride? You're as fast as him. Yep. You don't have to make the big play. Everybody's trying to make the big play. Micah Parsons is trying to make the big play. He's getting held every other play. I get that. But it, sometimes it feels like he's in business for himself, too. Yeah. He's not interested in stuffing the run. Nope. You don't see other guys, you know, kind of going in business for themselves on run plays the way Micah Parsons does. You see Demarcus Lawrence shooting gaps and making plays at the goal line. You see a Micah Parsons just trying to get to the quarterback. He seems very uninterested in a four or five man situation. You know, you're not wrong. He's not hawking to the football the way other guys are. I mean, look look at what happened. I thought it was very telling. I couldn't really see it from the press box, but I saw it all over social media and I saw it on the on the TV and friends were texting me it. I what I said in my pregame prediction, and I said all week, CD Lamb is going to ether Jair Alexander. And I will sit on that and I was completely wrong. Don't look at the stat sheet. Please do not, because he did not ether him. He did not even do a little bit of that. And the biggest thing to me was I don't remember, I think it was in the first half, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alec, where it was third down and he didn't get the ball and Jair pushed him in the back. Yeah. And he didn't even look back at him. Yeah. I don't care. And that moment, I don't care if you get a personal foul. Go get in that dude's face and let him know that's not how we're going to be playing football today and be physical with him. He just took it and walked back to the sideline and moped. And I, I, I'm i I'm not taking a personal shot at who he is off the field. I'm just commenting on what happened on the field. That's not what you want to see from your star receiver. I need a little bit of dog in you. A little bit of, hey, we're not going to do that. We're going to jaw. This is how it's going to be today. And that just goes into the mentality of this team. They're not dogs. They are fast. They're they're athletic. They they can front run. When they got the lead, they are the shiny new Ferrari. But when it rains outside, they are no Toyota Tundra, no Ford Raptor. They don't have that gristle, bristle, whatever you want to say, built on the outside for when times get tough. What are we going to do? They don't have it right now. I don't even know where it starts with Jerry, McCarthy, Dan, the freaking star on the side of your helmet, me and you. It starts somewhere, but things have got to change because the culture right now is not it where they can be some dogs. And the NFL, at the end of the day, it's finesse, it's fun, it's passing, but you got to win when it matters most, and you got to be a dog. This team is very comfortable with letting visitors walk into their house with muddy shoes, wipe their feet on the carpet, and then kick their feet up on the coffee table. They are way too comfortable with being way too friendly with everyone that invades their personal space. Do you think the coaches are player coaches? Like, they, they have good interpersonal relationship. Because you yeah. notice all of them talk and, very highly of Mike. And Mike's a great guy. Yes. He gives us off days. He gives us rest days. He lets us hang out with our family. He does the meetings. But is he holding them accountable if a guy's messing up? Hey, 
get your you-know-what out of here. This guy's going to replace you, or you're going to sit on the bench. Now, I think he's too much of a player's coach. Yep. I think he's taking their side. Yep. I think he's patting them on the back. 100%. And Keep holding going. their hands. Yep. That's, that's what it is. He is holding their hands because he knows if he gets the player's backing, he's got another shot at this thing. Yep. And that might just be the reason why this time next year he's coaching us to another disappointment. It might happen. And that's all that needs to be said. He is too much of a player's coach. Sometimes you can go too far on the deep end. Andy Reid can be a player's coach because, hey, I, I've done this multiple times recently, and you're going to respect me or you're gone. Tyreek Hill, <laughs> gone. Don't care. Bye. Going further in the playoffs without you. Mike, sorry you don't got that cachet around Dallas. There you have it. Just thinking out loud that maybe there is a top-down culture issue uh from the 214 jerry is and has been the culture problem it's about individual accolades no sacrifice for the team and from the 214 a bunch of divas from another 214 don't have enough dogs primarily on the defensive line and at linebacker fully agree do the whole team you (laughs) interesting point from the 972 cowboys would have been better as the damn five seed i bet they go to tampa and win no 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 no, no. Hey, we got a fight breaking out that, on the that, field, that though, is, in Tampa. And, and, and I thought about that myself, too, and I'll be quick. I know we got to get to break. If we played how we just played, Tampa would have beat us, too. So I don't want to hear people saying, oh, yeah. oh we should have lost. We would have. Tampa would have beat us maybe worse because we were on the road. And we know how bad we've been on the road, so we were happy to get a home seed. So we can't say, oh, we should have gotten the five seed and played Tampa, and it would have been different. Tampa would have embarrassed us on the road if we played how we did against Green Bay. 469 asking about Dak and his future. We'll talk about that at 9 o'clock, so don't go anywhere. That's why you turn it on and leave it on here on 105.3 The Fan. We're getting through it together, guys. Appreciate you chiming in on the truckwreck.com text line. And remember, we're live on Twitch and YouTube as well. Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. Coming up next on the Get Right with Alec Medford and Blake Elliott, we take a trip around the NFL And let's talk about some other playoff games and stuff that doesn't have to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Latest on coaching searches and more coming up next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan, Alec Medford and Blake Elliott with you. Sir Ski. 
until 11 o'clock tonight. We'll be here for you and with you on the home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan and the World Series champion, Texas Rangers, in case you forgot. We do some winning around here. The Rangers did all the heavy lifting this year. Yep. It was a sacrifice for that World Series championship. We had to live in disappointment for the Cowboys. Changed my mind. Uh, let's go ahead and take a trip around the NFL here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up on the other side, I promise you we're going to talk about Dak Prescott and the disconnect between him and CeeDee Lamb and maybe him and this team and his future. We'll talk about that here oh, in about 14 minutes or so. But let's take a trip around the NFL where we actually have other things not Cowboys related to talk about. I promised you we would escape from it for just a little bit. We'll talk about some of these other playoff games that went down. Let's go ahead and talk about this one because I know Blake wants to rub it in a little bit. <laughs> On Saturday, 45-14, to 14, the Texans over the Browns. I thought the Browns were going to win that one, but C.J. Stroud has been him all year. But, boy, did he show it. He flexed his muscles in the uh, national spotlight. He went 16 of 21 for 274 and three touchdowns. Just seemed perfect all around for C.J. Stroud. Devin Singletary getting a score of his own. Nico Collins looking like a true one in this league. Didn't think I was ever going to say that in my lifetime, but here we are. And Joe Flacco did not look like a true QB one for the Browns going 34 of 46 for 307, a touchdown and two interceptions. Not good. Not good for the Cleveland Browns. And they were showing graphics on the broadcast going into the game about how bad Cleveland's defense was on the road. Yeah, like the worst. It was like the best at home and then the worst on the road, which kind of got swept under the rug. That wasn't a big yeah. talking point. Yeah, yeah. I, I surely didn't think so because I thought they were going to dominate. I really did. I was like, that defense is too good. They're going to go out here and show out. But nope, it was the Houston Texans show at NRG Stadium. Texans defense playing really well as well. Um, even though it's not exactly the most well-built defense in terms of personnel, they got the job done, and they are moving on to play ooh, the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore this coming weekend. That's going to be a tough task, but, man, what a game down in Houston. Where do you want me to start? You want me to? I, I just want to let y'all know, when the game was going on, I was blowing up Medford's phone. No responses. I said, hey, what happened? Texans hooping. I was hoping I could have some banter back and forth with Alec. No response. I don't know if he was prepping the show sleeping, watching another game, no response. Well, yeah, the game got boring, so I took a nap. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I was like, okay, this is out of hand. Oh, I watched every second. Yeah, I was, and I, I fell asleep after. Um, I'll ask you this in a quick nutshell. It's a yes or no. Which which one was the worst quarterback performance, Dak or Joe Flacco? Uh, I think Dak because you expected better. Joe Correct. Flacco, it's like, it's Joe Flacco. Yeah, he, you, he just came off the couch. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can respect that. Yeah, um... That's when you know you've hit the lottery. And I talked about it after Crosstack with Chio follow. I said, what would we have to do to get CJ? Obviously, very jokingly. He was like, 10 first-round picks. He's that good. Him and D'Amico, him and Sloak, I tweeted it out. Is it too early? And it probably was knee-jerk of me, but it's just hard watching the game not to think this. To say Slowick and CJ are already a top-five duo, it's like it felt like they could do no wrong. They were out there. Hooping, they could not make any bad throws. Back shoulder fade, deep ball. The confidence is there. Taking shots, reading the field, and they push the ball down the field. Don't think they're a dink and dunk team. Isn't that funny, um, Alec? What if I told you that a year later, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, and Noah Brown would go to the Houston Texans and make it further 
when the Cowboys in the playoffs. Well, that that is incredible for one and two. I'm glad you mentioned Noah Brown. He has been placed on injured reserve ending his season for the Houston Texans. So feel bad for him. He had a pretty resurgent year. And uh, now after being dinged up going into the game, it's uh, now over for him. So that sucks for Noah Brown. I was really feeling for him. But Dalton Schultz has been integral to that offense as well. Um, man. I, d- I did not – I literally – shout out to my boy Anthony. He is a diehard Houston Texans fan. And I went through my screenshots on my phone, and I found where he posted online the little NFL Network graphic that Dalton Schultz had signed a deal with the Texans. Yep. And he said, call me crazy, but we're going to the playoffs this year. And I, I definitely responded and said, you are crazy. I am screenshotting this, so I have this to rub it in your face. And nope. I had it to send it to him and say, good job. You know ball. This this was the year of just parody, and it kept going into the playoffs. Browns led the NFL in total defense this season, allowed 45 points to a rookie, and then we're going to get to this game. Dolphins lead the NFL in total offense this season, score seven on Saturday. Like, whatever you thought was going to happen, just throw it out the window. Think the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, I needed to think the opposite going into that Chiefs and Dolphins game because I thought neither offense was going to look good and there would be no points scored in this game. Oh, it was boring. Don't the, get me wrong. It was boring, but the Chiefs were actually moving the ball. Yep. I didn't expect them to move the ball, period, because even in fair weather, their receivers couldn't catch yeah. They couldn't catch a cold. Yeah. And now in the freezing cold, it felt like they could do no wrong hey, on offense. Rasheed Rice, he's arrived. He's arrived. I've been liking him since he got there, SMU kid. He is nice putting Texas on the map, showing why Texas breeds the best ball players. Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, would you not love to have Isaiah Pacheco on your team, Alec? He's just one of those guys that looks like a high motor, run through you, running in the ice. I love everything about Pacheco. And Pacheco, Kelsey, Rice, and Mahomes, it's all you need, I guess. I, I could see them winning again. I wouldn't be surprised. 26-7, to the Chiefs win in that wild game. The Dolphins could not find any offense. Mike McDaniel's offense was not good in that. His play calling was not exactly great. They had a couple missed opportunities. I'll give them that uh, because the quarterback wasn't making the throws, but uh, that offensive play calling did not look too good out there. We already talked enough about the Cowboys, and we'll talk about them uh, a little bit more throughout the rest of the show. Again, they lose 48-32 to in case you were hibernating, and you probably should have been the can way I, that this game went. Can I, can I add this to one little quick bow on that Texans game? Deshaun Watson and the Browns got the worst of it. Think about it. They traded everything for this guy, and the Texans got back in the hall. Will Anderson, Tank Dell, John Mechie, Christian Harris, Damian Pierce, Kenyon Green, 2024 first-rounder coming up, 2024 third-rounder, Xavier Hutchinson, Thomas Brooker, and Brandon Hill. Half of those guys I just named you start and were playing in that game, and what did the Browns get back? A guy that wasn't even there at the end of the season. That's rough, man. That is rough. Uh, Elsewhere in the wild card round, the Lions and Rams, a very close one, 24-23 for the Detroit Lions. They finally get a playoff win, something they quite literally can never do. Uh, It was a close one, and shout-out to NBC5. I did not see the end of this game because they cut to a special weather report to tell me it was snowing in Denton. (laughs) Thank you. I can look outside my window. I appreciate, appreciate that. You. Yeah, literally, they cut away with two minutes left. By the time they came back, had the final score graphic up. Yeah. I was heated. Um, well, you can recap me on the first half. I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't watch it. I was sad. 
I was still in disbelief from the Cowboys game leaving the stadium. I just I sat in my car for about 20 minutes and didn't leave. So I know Puka Nakua was going off, set the rookie receiving record for a rookie in the postseason, went crazy. Matthew Stafford spins the ball, but Lions get one. Finally, they were able to send a text message saying a Lions won a playoff game. Never been able to do that before. Good award. Uh, the Steelers and Bills went to battle finally today. Yes, on a Monday in the afternoon. And probably what we all expected, the Bills win 31-17. to Not really too much to take away from there. The halftime score at Raymond James Stadium between the Buccaneers and Eagles is 16-9 to in favor of the Bucs. Keep you up to date on that one as it continues to go on elsewhere around the NFL. USC star Caleb Williams, potential number one overall pick, has declared for the NFL draft per Ian yep. Rappaport after a lot of people got got by those fake accounts saying that he wasn't going to declare because he didn't want to be a Chicago Bear. Hey, that rhymed. Uh, yeah, it's happening. He's going into the draft. And something hot off the press here from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, Uh-oh. or excuse me, Tom Pelissero. Head coach Bill Belichick and Falcons owner Arthur Blank met in person to discuss Atlanta's head coaching job per sources. No deal is imminent, but there is mutual interest and conversations have started. I mean, I talked about it. I said that's the best. I think that's the best spot for them. Just need a quarterback, and they got a top 10 draft pick. So good defense already. So shout-outs to Bill. Hope, hopefully he goes there. Hopefully he's happy with in Atlanta. Can you imagine we had Tom go to Florida? <laughs> now we got Bill going to Atlanta, and that culture is just, you know, just kind of a culture shock from – from uh, Foxborough. Yeah, that's that's really different. He's gonna be he's gonna be iced out on the sideline with the chains. Oh my, <laughs> Bill Belichick in the city of Atlanta. Now you got me thinking, man. We're gonna see him in Magic City before we know it. <laughs> we're we're gonna get some Buffalo Bill wings or something oh since we got gosh. the lemon pepper Lou. Yeah. Oh my God, that's I can't wait to see those memes. Uh, and last head coaching update here around the NFL: the Chargers have completed an in-person interview with Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. I like that guy. Nothing is close, and they will continue to interview other candidates. They're going to take their time here, but sounds like mutual interest there as well. That's your trip around the NFL here on 105.3 The Fan. It's the get right. Alec Medford, Blake Elliott, the Young Guns, with Ross Lebensky holding things down for you until 11 o'clock tonight. And coming up next here on the get right, the DAC disconnect. We're ready for it. Let's have the conversation about the quarterback here for the Dallas Cowboys. 877-881-1053. Let us know your thoughts on QB1 on the truckrick.com text line. We'll do that next on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.